podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bolin Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bowlandbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com today. See site for details. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh, my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedir in the middle. Drogba goes. Hello, welcome to Chesi Hour. My name is Mead, and I'll be your host for this evening. Um, apparently, Yas is on, on different duties. He, he, he's not able to do today, but it's fine. I'll, I'll be your able replacement. Um, but we've got three very special guests. So we've got Jay. How you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm all good, brother. All good. Yeah. Ready for another Thursday, yeah? Of great Always. news. You know, you know the vibes. You know the vibes. <laughs> Big news. Um, what are you saying, pals? How you doing, bro? Mate, I'm good. I'm buzzing. Yeah? I'm buzzing. I can't lie still. Oh, man. A tweet. How you doing, It's man? back. A brother. Tweet. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good, man. Yeah. Little, little, little glass of red wine, little glass of water to celebrate the occasion nothing today. Heavy, nothing little, heavy. You know, light, nothing heavy, just nice and light. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Whoa. Oh, man. Anyway, we'll get on to that little, not uh, that big news later on. But firstly, obviously, the Premier League is finally back after 100 odd days. Um, and well, we've still got a couple more days to go for Chelsea to play Aston Villa. But Premier League is actually back and... It didn't. It felt like it would never happen. It felt like this suffering and pain will go on forever, and you you pr- you proper really appreciate good English football, even when like the basic teams like what Villa and Sheffield United played the other day, 
there's a little bit of intensity and aggression. And that's sort of game one in comparison to the German league. I'm just like, ugh, real football is back. You get the controversy as well. So it's just like the real ball is back. And um, first, we want to touch on the preview because considering Aston Villa played the other day and um, fortunately got a draw against Sheffield United. Um, Chelsea are looking in, in decent nick um, in accordance to um, a lot of journalists and our indoor friendlies. Um, and we're playing uh, on Sunday against Aston Villa. So it's away and they haven't got their fans. So the atmosphere is not going to really be there. So how are you guys feeling about the match? Because um, obviously Arsenal lost um, yesterday. We'd be love to see it. So we need to really solidify top four. Um, and Spurs play Manchester United um, on the Friday. So we kind of need to consolidate our position. So how are you guys feeling? Jay, I want to get your thoughts on well, what we're going to expect from the game and how you're feeling in general about just the, the feel and the atmosphere around the club right now. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously right now it's, it's, it's proper positive in terms of, um, I think, like, obviously a lot of the players that have come back in terms of... Um, the squad being pretty much fully fit, I think. I think there's who's missing. I don't, I don't even think anyone's really missing like that, really. Uh, I don't think there's any injuries apart from um, Van. I think Van Ginkle's back in training. Yeah. And Masonda. Those are your yeah, exactly. Injuries. So everyone's pretty much fully fit. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like in terms of you know who's who's available, it's very very positive. And then I'm just, like in terms of watching the games, like you know you you, you looked at Aston Villa and they looked a bit sluggish and that and Sheffield United the same and I feel like um, I spoke about this before with Chelsea's players and the, the youth that they've got in the team and the enthusiasm that a lot of the players are going to have coming back and I feel like I think we're going to I've got a funny feeling that we're really going to try and steamroll the team in like, a, like in the first game I think Lampard's proper going to go kind of like all out attack and try and really you know take the, take the game by the scruff of the neck early on so I think he's got the players to do that in players like Mount and you know, obviously, we'll talk about um, you know Loftus Cheek coming back into full fitness as well. But like, yeah, it's just good to see Cho back, James, all these players like available. And I think the team's proper ready, man. Like going from the friendly, you know, seven-one against QPR. I know it's only QPR, but you know, just the just the the main fact that they they scored so many goals, and that's what we've been struggling with as well. So it's like. I feel like it's the feeling that's returning. You like, it's almost like, how do I put this? There's a very big feel good factor around the club and there's almost like a sense of direction. And I feel like the club and the players already know what they need to do, um, I guess, to accomplish their, their, their objectives this season. Um, we touched on a couple of players such as um, Loftus, Mount, etc. Um, but there are a couple of players that um, aren't actually going to feature. Well, we know one's confirmed that um, there is um, the case of William as well. Um, how do you guys, like, Pels, Joe, how would you guys, or how are you guys feeling about that decision? Are you, do you respect it? Do you understand it? And how do you think that will necessarily affect us? Do you think it will affect us for these nine games or, or, or not? Um, I, can, I, I get the decision um, in that it's like, it's a really unique circumstance to be in for a lot of players. You've obviously seen it with like Ryan Fraser. Um, I've seen Lyle Taylor at Charlton kind of be in a very similar predicament in terms of, you know, they don't know what's going to happen beyond um, this season with their future. And, you know, risk of injury or anything happened to them might curtail any kind of move or further employment, basically, which is what football is, essentially. Um, so with that in mind, it's kind of like, 
I, I understand why players might not want to want to play and risk, you know, that that future beyond this season. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, I guess it's really easy for for us to kind of all point fingers and say, you're not, they're not committed, you're not loyal, and all those, all those sort of kind of tropes that um, are thrown at footballers. But just from a, a, a more maybe personal standpoint, you can kind of understand why they would have some of these reservations. Um, in from a footballing standpoint, look, I don't rate them man anyway. So this is like, it's not like a, I'm not thinking. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I was waiting for that. I'm, you know, we're gonna collapse. Like, bruv, there's guys that have played like three. Bruv, I don't. That breakdown of Willian the other week, you lot did, and you're talking about this is probably his like second best or best scoring season for Chelsea in his time here. And this, like, and it's not even been a good year. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> if that's if if in terms of if you're asking me, am I, are we gonna feel the weight of them leaving? I don't really feel like it. I don't feel like. I'm, and Jamie Carragher said it yesterday with regards to David Luiz about experience, obviously it was harsh, but, mm. you know, experience doesn't mean that you're, you're good. Do you sure. know what I'm saying? So a lot of these guys are really experienced players, played at the top level for a really long time, but it doesn't mean that they've been, they've been playing at a high level for themselves. They've just, right. They're just used to the environment, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I guess maybe, uh, and, and because of that, I think they've dodged quite a bit of criticism in terms mm. of their kind of levels of performances um, you- for us. Do you think that because they've played with the likes of Eden Hazard, Diego Costa, and a lot of the burden has fallen on their shoulders to do stuff and create stuff, do you feel like these guys are kind of slipped under the radar? I oh, 100 percent. Willian is, is definitely guilty of this because Willian, for years, escaped criticism. Years. It wasn't yeah, until I, I, recently, really and truly, that people came. Around. I, I don't even think. I don't even think. Um, to be fair, that people do really critique them as much as as. They, they probably deserve. I'm, I'm not in for just like players just getting like a whole load of abuse and, what, and whatnot, but even the fact that like Conte's system in particular in that year was, it was contingent of both them two sharing minutes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like neither of you are kind of nailed on, you know, starting. Yeah. You, you deserve to play every week because you're fantastic. It's actually, we sh- you can see that there's a little bit of limited output from both of you. If we rotate you and keep you like pushing each other, then hopefully that's going to be something that, that impacts and, and positively impacts the team sort of thing. Which so I think with, with that, and it did, yeah. And, and I think, um, but whenever they've been like undisputed, you know, starting week in, week out players, they've never, they've, neither of them in terms of since they've been at Chelsea um, have been, you know, superstars for us. I think Pedro is probably our most creative winger um, based on kind of games that I saw earlier in the season. Mm. I, I'm a bigger fan of him watching in hindsight than I probably was, you know, when I was kind of asking for Tro to have more minutes and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, under sorry. But at the same time, I do recognise that they've they've been under par, like massively under par, um, for me. Um and the levels the levels that, you know, when when you compare it relatively to the top top wingers in terms of or inside forward types and whatever as Salas, Mane's, um, even like comparing someone like Rashford. Yeah. And just the trajectory he's he's on. They're not touching them. Do you know what I mean? So it's a, it's, I don't, I'm not massively concerned that you know they're gonna their departures are gonna be like detrimental to us, especially yeah, with some of the incomings we've got. Yeah, exactly. Wink, Liverpool, brother. Anyway, um, Joe, how are you feeling about things? Because again, Villa, and I'm not gonna say they're a tricky opponent, but you know it's the Premier League. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So how are you feeling about the game? And um, again, just 
um, same question to what I gave to Pels. Um, how are you feeling about the departures of, of Pedro? And could you kind of give us some more insight um, as to his decision, really? Yeah, so uh, I'll talk about William and Pedro at the moment. So having a chat with a few people in and around the club, they they were pushing effectively for a, a clause inserted in their current contracts. So the ones that are about to expire that said, you know, if they were to be injured over the course of the next couple of games, that they automatically get like a season renewal. So, you know, it's for them, I think they were pushing for maybe something that's a little bit unrealistic, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to go from having a contract that's running down, which is in terms of like the asset almost you know, worth zero and then invest in another, you know, 100K, 5.2 million pound, whatever, into the following season, particularly with the way Chelsea are moving in the transfer market, didn't seem that realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand it from their perspective. You know, the, the, the Roma move for Pedro looks almost sort of nailed on at this point and whether you would want to jeopardise that by... If you do an ACL or do something very relatively serious to yourself, you know, there's there's always that massive uh, question of, of that contract evaporating before you. Yep. William, I mean, to me, seems potentially like he's going down the David Luiz route. You know, obviously wants to keep his restaurant open in uh, in London. <laughs> so, I can, you know, it's the only reason I can see him moving to uh, the Tottenham or Arsenal. But, uh, mm. you know, teams that are, maybe have uh, less money to, to move in the market. Um, but I can, I, can see, I can see the perspective. You know, again, it's it's all about personal risk. You know, if they get injured and there's no contract on the table and the contract gets pulled, could be that, that could be their career done. You're rehabbing on your own money. You're rehabbing on your own time. You know, that, that in theory, could, I mean, not, not set them back in terms of that sort of stuff, but, you know, you, you would much prefer to still be at Chelsea if you were, if you were rehabbing a serious injury. So, yeah, but I think I agree with Pels. Um, I don't think the impact is going to be considerable. Um, you know, I, I see it personally as an opportunity for for more minutes for guys like Ruben, for Hudson Odoi, even guys like Tino Andrin. You know, he now comes onto the bench. He maybe is is seen as a slightly more legitimate option. Um, and these guys are the future of the club. You know, they, they are they are going to be the the guys that carry us for the next couple of years. Um, and for a nine game kind of mini season, I'm not sure how much impact Pedro and William are going to have. Pedro maybe for me is a slightly bigger loss than than William because I think Pedro just has that little bit of edge in terms of goal scoring. Yeah. Um, but having all of the players who've got coming back, particularly Ruben, you know, Reece James being fit, it could, could be the first time over a stretch of games that we actually have the full complement of players available for Lampard. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm interested in seeing. You know, you've got Mount, you've got Ruben, Reece looks fit, yeah. you know, Hudson Odoi is going to be fit. You know, Pulisic is back. There's, there's, there's the whole kind of the players that we've had missing for a while. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, Villa looks shaky to me when I watched the game back. Um, I don't know if that was down to conditioning or just that that kind of is maybe represents like a representation of their level. But um, be interesting to me to see how we are because I think we have, you know, certainly a, a, by, by all accounts looked very sharp in these kind of uh, mid preseason friendlies. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think really, realistically for me, I would quite happily just shit house a 1 0 win, yeah. just get the points on the board. I think, you know, this isn't really a time that I'm going to be looking at us playing free flowing football, yeah. certainly for the first couple of games. Um, get the points on the board, hopefully, United and Spurs draw, and then we can get, get that little gap into, into fourth. It's, it's all about just winning, isn't it, at this point in the season, yeah. particularly this new mini league. No, it's, it's points on the points on the table. Sheffield United <laughs> dropped a point, which is great. So, yeah, I'm just, just yeah. hoping that we can, we can win. It's interesting because, like, a lot of, well, a lot of fans have been like on the account. A lot of fans have responded and said, "Look, we understand with Pedro. Yeah, we fully respect it." And to be honest, like, it just makes sense because, as you see with Arsenal, a couple of the players like what's it called, that like Mari guy, he just literally done his ACL injury. Yeah. So it's like, it, I understand it. I understand the apprehension. Like, and if you've got a move that is lined up 
there's no there's no need. It's three games. It's it's three. It's literally three games before the transfer window opens. So yeah, for me, it, it, the risk for these players, it's not big enough. It's not worth it enough. I feel like especially Pedro and, and William to an extent as well. They they've done their time at the club. So I feel like them risking it makes no sense to them on a personal level. And also, it, it, like you said, this is like the first time that we're going to get to a point where we have all of the players available that we actually want to play. And Pedro and William weren't going to be those guys. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a massive yeah. loss. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. So it's interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping for decent performance, but I can't really and truly because they've been away for so long. It's going to be very, very difficult to have a cohesive and, you know, classy kind of style, yeah. style or just style of win. I think it will be quite difficult, you know? Um, so, Made to be seen, um, but again, we've got our full complement. So, I want to touch on um, a young, well, relatively young, um, young man in Ruben Loftus Cheek and his, his return to full fitness. Um, so, before the, the, the corona um, break, I guess, Ruben was on the, on the bench. Um, he was back to fitness, maybe not. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See casper.com slash terms for more details fully fully fit um but in terms of match fitness he, he wasn't quite there but in terms of getting over his injury he was there um but corona kind of presented him and quite a few of our other players actually um an opportunity to, to get their bodies right and Ruben especially has been suffering with a lot of injuries throughout his career so his back um his ankle um but back the back has really been his biggest issue yeah um, obviously um his Achilles injury um again, was one of the worst injuries you can get in football. Um, but reading a lot of things, um, in terms of a lot of interviews, a lot of um, articles from the, um, the Athletic, a shout out to them, um, there's a lot of positive signs that are coming out in terms of Ruben's fitness and how well he's playing and training like in these, um, um, in these, like, these games, like these practice games that Chelsea have been doing. Like, apparently, he's been by far and away the best player at Chelsea, the most threatening player. Um, so it's quite interesting now that Pedro and William have moved on they've been talking about the possibility of Ruben playing on the left and shout out to Dan Soft because he did shout that he did make this shout quite <laughs> years ago I'm going to give him his flowers yeah. he, he, yeah. will, he will get angry if I don't say it and I'm giving him his due <laughs> um, so yeah shout out to Dan because he did suggest Ruben could play wide or should play wide um, if we're having a strong midfield base of Kovacic, Jorginho and um, Kante um, so with that being said, Jay, I know you're one of his biggest fans. Um, how are you feeling about Ruben's return? Um, considering everything that you've read, how are you feeling about it? Um, about Ruben and, I guess, the rest of the squad in general? Um, in, in terms of Ruben, I'm, I'm quite confident and, and feeling quite positive about his comeback now. And one of the reasons is that I watched the Everton game just before the break. So the Everton game that he played in just before just before the break with the development squad. And he, he was flying into quite a few tackles even in that game. So he'd already kind of got to, to the fitness he was kind of hoping he'd be at in terms of looking to, to get back onto the bench, at least for Chelsea. So um, played quite well in that game. 
kind of phased out of it here and there, but you'd expect that obviously coming back for the first time. And then I, I kind of thought with this long break now due to the coronavirus, I just thought, yeah, that's just going to be perfect for him to like get back to full fitness. And um, after reading the article, we've been doing like a lot of good work. So yeah, man, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm proper excited about Ruben coming back, to be honest. I think, I think he's worked really hard to get to this position that he's in now. Um, obviously, again, reading the article, he's doing like a lot of extra work as well in terms of making sure he's covering all his bases so that nothing kind of like reoccurs in terms of like injuries that he's had in, in the past in terms of like his back and obviously his um, Achilles and that. But even reading about the game as well, like, you know, he's our biggest threat on the pitch already. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he hasn't even been back that long and he's already showing his quality. So it's like, I, it's nothing but positives about Ruben coming back, to be honest with you. And I'm, obviously I get frustrated because people always try and talk down Ruben. Like, I'm a brother, I get it, man. I get it, I get it. And the thing is, one thing you can't try and deny about Ruben is that when you watch him play and you see him on the pitch, you can see he's got ability. So all these men are trying to talk and say, oh, you know, like, he's not better than this guy, he's not better than this guy. It just pisses me off because he's, he's just better than these guys, isn't it? Yeah. He's better than all these the, guys. So. The thing is with Ruben, I feel like because he's been on the radar for, what, six years, basically, I guess since he broke into the first team, broke into, um, I feel like people have been waiting for this, 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 this train to arrive. And because we've been talking about it for so long, you know, it's like Ruben is this, Ruben is that, Ruben is this, Ruben is, is that. I feel like it's kind of being used against him now because he's not actually been able to make that step. And that's not necessarily his fault. Um, it's, just been the, it's just been a circumstance, it's been circumstantial. Really. Um, but now, especially after last season, I feel like there was a breakthrough, especially not just only tactically, but I feel like as a, as a player and as a man, really, he came came to the fore and again one was definitely one of our best players before injury. Um and he would have invariably started the Europe, Europa League final, without a doubt. Um so Joe, Pels, what is what what is what do you think Ruben's gonna bring to us? Because I know like a lot of us know what Ruben is about. Um I know there's still a couple of Chelsea fans that still have their doubts about him. I mean, the wider fans as well have their doubts about Ruben. What do you think he's going to bring to the game? And what do you think he could bring us from out wide as well? Um, so, I guess, I think with, with Loftus-Cheek, is the, the, clear, the clearest thing, like, like um, Jay said, is, is in just in the, the level of technical ability he possesses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of, the, one of my biggest gripes about us sometimes when we, um, when we play teams of like a certain calibre. I feel like there's a bit of a golf um, in the ability level. And I just think he's someone that closes that gap just with technically he's incredibly comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not someone that makes like very many, like very many sloppy errors. Um, very clean footballer um, in terms of his, his dribbling, his close controls, his ball retention is fantastic. And then I think the, the thing that I've, I probably didn't see as much in the academy, like when he was maybe playing like in a pivot, that, he's, that you've really seen as he's gone into first-team football, um, England under-21s, is this, like, real cutting edge in terms of getting beyond, you know, the midfield, maybe whether that be him kind of driving from deep or playing in, in a 10-roll behind kind of forwards. Um, he's, got a, he's got an eye for goal, which is fantastic, and he's got the technique to match it. So not necessarily that he's a crazy natural finisher or um, amazing, like, long-range striker of the ball in, mm. a, in a way that maybe you would say, like, someone like, 
Tielemans is or, or Bruno Fernandez is. Yeah. Um, but he's got that technique where I just feel like if he if he if it clicked for him, it would be possible. And I just think he's got that the issue that a lot of people have is probably is just that they haven't seen a lot of these things manifest. Um, yeah. So and, and I think when you're kind of pushing for talent and pushing ability in the same probably in the same bracket as maybe Callum, um, when you're talking about these guys because they haven't yet shown what they're capable of frequently on the big stage um yeah. and and obviously people won't necessarily watch chelsea games week in week out also mm-hmm. um it's very difficult maybe for people to accept or or to um or to realize that what we're saying isn't just you know just like a, just i don't know just some fandom yeah it's it's like it's real um so with him i think the what he brings to us and is just especially in the final third is is a little bit more of an assurance mm-hmm. a little a, a, a threat um i think he'd be more threatening on the ball in possession than someone like Willian. Um, I think he he links the way he links and the way he gets beyond and just the, the, some of it's aided by the fact that you're playing next to Eden Hazard in terms of the intricacy because they're yeah. on the same wavelength mm-hmm. um, and it's like okay is he going to necessarily drive us forward by himself and and do all of those things probably not at this stage mm-hmm. um, but he's a fantastic footballer um, and similar to obviously like when when you're looking at signings and signing players you're always just talking about wanting to have as much quality as you can have yeah. um, without disrupting the balance. And I just think he's someone that um, massively adds to that quality. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm just really buzzing. I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, he is sharp and he gets, gets some of that sharpness, whether or not it be, you know, in the, in the first or second game, but hopefully in the third, fourth, fifth, mm. we start to see um, the Ruben that we saw at the back end of, of the Sari season, really. Yeah. Joe, have you got any other thoughts on Ruben? I know you're, you're, you speak to quite a few people at the club, so I kind of want to get your take on it. Yeah, um, I think the, the the main thing really is I think from the last time I, I've seen him sort of physically on the pitch, the the kind of the body recomposition that he's gone through with this trainer is absolutely insane to see. And I'm looking at a guy now who to me looks a lot leaner up top, still has the sort of the powerful lower half and stuff like that. And just the amount of work that he must have put in in the last quarter mm. is insane to sort of get that. And I, I think we've all, we all in, in terms of people on this pod appreciate his his work ethic. I think some people. Now, outside who may be a little bit more casual when it comes to watching Chelsea, maybe see that similar like Michael Ballack kind of laconic style on the pitch and assume that he doesn't work hard because he's more sort of a, you know, kind of like he likes to stroll through games because he has that level of ability. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see, you know, certainly Artel's coming out and there was a, I think it might have been Ola Aina on an Instagram live. He was sort of, you know, didn't mention him by name, but I think we all knew that he was talking about Ruben as well. Mm-hmm. That for me is, is, is kind of one of the, the, the nice things to see. I think he's really taking his rehab seriously. I'm hoping now that this this kind of work is done and allows him to have the career that I think his talent dictates that it should. You know, we've we've often seen him have some pretty big highs. I think he's played, he's had some really good performances throughout his Chelsea career, but it's always been injuries, stop, start, stop, start. Mm-hmm. Um, so now for me, I want to see you know these these nine games here. If he gets a nice little run and shows what shows what he can do, that's going to be really key. And I think adding to what, what Pels has said there. I think the, the the interesting comment was about Ruben. I think closes the golfing class between us and City and Liverpool. And I think back to games that he's played for Chelsea against those. And I always remember him having a couple of really big moments in those games. That's you know, the ability, like, uh, was it the City FA Cup game where he did that ridiculous, like, touch on the turn over the oh, guy's shoulder? And the Cup final, when he yeah. came from and he, he just balling. Uh, Absolutely, just played out of skin. So I, th- yeah. I think that he he poses big teams' problems because of his style. You know, he's got incredible technique. Obviously, we know he's he's got physicality, but that kind of blend is is unique. Um I'm just hoping over the course of the next few games, whether he's playing out wide, um, whether he moves back into a bit more of a traditional kind of uh, midfield role, is that he would just see 
you know, some of that sort of talent that we were starting to see emerge quite regularly under Sari. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we know that we lack goals. We know that we lack a little bit of uh, sort of creativity and a little bit of uh, ingenuity in the final third in terms of passing and movement and stuff like that. I think Ruben adds tons there. We've seen him score long ranges. We've seen him have that ability to, to link up. Um, It'll be interesting to see him play with Tammy because I don't think we've seen him, at least, you know, obviously in, in sort of the, the, the first team, how, the, how they'll actually link up, how, how, how he'll help Tammy mm. in terms of the, the games. Um, same with Callum, same with, you know, Reese James, all of these guys that, that they've kind of grown up playing together. And we've seen bits and pieces, but nothing too serious. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about him. And I think actually, you know, in terms of like where we're going to finish now, if he's fit and he gets back to sort of the levels that we know he can, I think he's going to be a big, big sort of part in this, this conversation about us finishing in the top four. A million percent. I, think, I feel like a lot of, um, oh, sorry to cut you, Carlos, but I feel like a lot of um, opposition fans have mentioned about, oh, you know, we're, we're getting all our players back from injury, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like the problem with Ruben is that because he's not been able to put a string of, I guess, a, a, a run of games, I think yeah. he did last season. But by that, they, they're discounting the quality because they're not entirely sure if you could do it over a period of time. But this is nine, nine games. So nine games, I think, is more than enough, uh, considering his fitness levels, et cetera, but, and match sharpness. But I feel like this presents him an opportunity to really showcase what he can do. Um, I'm not expecting the world from him. I'm not, if really and truly, I'm not expecting the world from anyone, um, yeah. considering what's happened. But with Ruben off the sheik I feel like at this point in time, at this point in his career, this is the moment where we've been this is the moment that we've actually been waiting for, for him to actually play with the academy boys, but also in almost like a leadership type of role, because he is going to be one of the leaders, funnily enough, which is weird. It's weird that he finds himself in this position. I was going to say being, that. Like, you know what I mean? After being yeah. like on the periphery for such a long time, he now finds himself as actually one of our most important players and leaders, which is weird. Um, so I feel like him coming back, definitely adds another dimension and probably a dimension that a lot of people might understate and not be prepared for. So it's going to be interesting for me. I'm I'm excited a million percent. And given all the players that we're being linked with, given all the players that potentially could be coming in, like you say, like Pell said, look, if we add quality, adding quality is is important. You get as much quality on the pitch as possible and things start to happen. Um, So Whilst we've taken away a link in terms of Eden Hazard, um, you've got other players that can step up to the plate. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek has got tons of quality. So I don't necessarily think the fact that Ruben's, I mean, the fact that Eden's not there um, is going to necessarily take some shine away from him. I feel like he may actually step up to the plate and produce more because he's got the capacity and doesn't feel like he needs to give it to Eden. You know what I mean? Because he could just take the ball himself. He's got that capacity. So, Pearl, something you said... I think I think for me it was a just even that comment was just more about like I just think about some of the goals um, he scored. Uh, I think it was maybe Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Just like the link play between them yeah. was something that I wave. that came to the fore, and I think that's something that maybe not so much that we, he might be lacking in terms of how many other players on the pitch would have that level of quality to kind of involve involve themselves in that sort of move. Yeah. I think with um, it's it's hard. It's so much harder with with someone like Loftus Cheek because he's he's 24 now. So um, the, the the kind of narratives that usually attach to to players from the, from like academy graduates, obviously, is that you know they need time, this, that, and the other. And I think because he's 24, like you said, and he's he's um he's coming into this environment now as as a leader and someone that's 
probably been around the first team for quite a while and someone that people probably look up to quite a bit. Um, you you don't want to keep the same sorts of um, narratives around develop, development, mm-hmm. but it's completely true um, for, for all players that like, development, their kind of trajectory and their path is, is, is non-linear. And I think he's obviously had a, a, a year setback last year, obviously that is that's horrible, 12 to 13 months out. Um, and previous previously, you know, he's, he's not probably played as much football and probably not developed in a way that we would have, we would have hoped for. But mm-hmm. it's just so important to stress how good he is and how good he can still be. Um, yeah. And just that, you know, those setbacks don't necessarily mean that he's done. Um, that I think that my only real um, question mark over his game um, isn't so much creativity in, in that he's not a creative player, but more so my thing about... When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Help your business bounce forward with this amazing offer. For a limited time, ask how to get a $500 prepaid card. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go online today to learn more. Comcast Business. Prepaid card offer ends 12-13-20. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business customers only. Call for restrictions and complete details. This is like the, the incisiveness of our passing mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, we've, we've seen the, the story over and over again in terms of like a low block and, and um, you know, having to penetrate with real... Um, quality in terms of just in terms of like passes weight of pass through balls that sort of stuff yeah. um, I think that's maybe where my little question mark would be in terms of can he open up a defense um and see a pass in the way obviously I, I, it's like high company um but like in your Fabregas mold and that sort of stuff that's yeah. probably where I'd be a little bit like hmm, that's not so much Ruben's game but um at the same time he's got so much he's just got so much other so, yeah. so many other fantastic qualities that you know hopefully we can still have him make positive contributions in that way. Yeah. I, f- I think he's going to have an overall effect on the team as well. Like in terms of, you see a lot of them talk about him when he's coming back and they seem, they all seem proper excited when he's coming back. Mm. Like in terms of their, their performance is also going to kind of go up. Like I think he's got the ability to, to make the team kind of rise as well. Like in terms of right, like raise their level of performance when he's yeah. on the pitch. I think he's definitely going to be one of them players for us like yeah. in the future. I mean, look, a player like him, player with his quality, um, he's always going to raise the levels. And um, speaking of raising the levels, um, Roman Abramovich, as as per, <laughs> is the Don Dada bad boy. You know, brought out his his little you know coots card and said, "Yo, you know what, Frankie? Yeah, you've been a good youth this year. I'm a nice you. I'm a bless you. Look, I have 47 mil. Do what you want with it. Swear." Frank was like, "Swear, boss. This isn't a yacht, by the way. I'm not gonna. Know, I'm not gonna tell you how this happened because it's a word for word recounting what's going this on. Is, this is this is verbatim. Still, like, this is what he said. Look, swear down, boss. All right, Gaff. Like, there's a guy, there's a youth that I've been looking at, but the ops up north, like Merseyside, were talking about in bears. Like they said, ah, oh, like it's secure. It's all patterned. It's all it's all done. But you know what, boss." This is a disgraceful transcript. Script, I'm, a, I'm a runner. Yeah? <laughs> That's just what Frank said. This is verbatim. This is what Frank said. He said, look, it's I'm going to have that. Exactly. Quote for quote. I'm going to get that. And, and Roma said, say no more. Make me proud, my brother. Boom. Marina called up, secured Timo Bloodclaw Verna. Now, look. Timo Verna 
we've been talking about this shit for the last couple of weeks now because it became uh, uh, an apparent reality that, look, Chelsea have got the capacity and the possibility to sign him. Um, Liverpool became broke boys over the summer um, and that presented us with an opportunity. And what an opportunity it was because Timo is a one. He scored his 26th goal of the season the other day um, in the league. Like in terms of attacking contributions, he's up there. I think he's only second to Messi this season. Um, he's in good company. He's in very good company. Um, what do you guys feel this signing will do to us? Because I feel like we talked about Ruben Loftus Cheek raising our level, our current level, um, g- given you know this season in the context of this season. What do you think a player like Timo Werner, potentially, because you don't know how things translate from Germany to England, but what do you think a signing like this does for morale, but also in terms of quality on the pitch in the first 11, what do you think it does for Chelsea? I think the, uh, the big thing for me, and I always go back to looking at Frank Lampard when uh, Michael Ballack was coming to Chelsea. Mm. I remember him saying, you know, it was he was really excited about it, but also like in himself, he was like, okay, now I need to step up another level again. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who can who can take my spot in the team. And I think looking at the guys up front, certainly the the younger guys, Pulisic, Callum, etc., um, and even Tammy as well. You know, the, we all know Timo can play as a number nine if we need him to. I think they'll they'll start looking at themselves and thinking, okay, this this is the direction that Chelsea are going in now. You know, we've we've got contracts. You know, we're all sort of settled in the club now, but this is the level that they're going for. And I think certainly the, the, the main thing that this guy's going to add, add for me is goals. And I don't care what position you're going to play him in up front. One of our big, big issues this season, and we can look at the defence of the goalie and all that kind of stuff, is just an inability to, to score when we're on top in games. Right. I think certainly, you know, from the first game of the season against United, that first 20 minutes, I think we were all over them, couldn't score, hit the post. Then they scored a couple of goals, game over. Yeah. I think Werner, for me, and I know people are watching him a bit more closely and he's had a couple of games where he's been a bit iffy. For me, that's probably more to do with the fact that he's had all of this stuff going on in the background. We've yeah. seen how that can derail people a little bit. The finish he did the other day was insane. Mm. Not even a touch, just a shift of the feet and then just wrapped it into the top corner. Um, finishing quality, you know, pace. He's got the pace to deal with sort of the Premier League as well. You know, he's, got, he's got quite a few assists this season as well. I don't think that's naturally his game. He's not going to be like a wide playmaker like an Eden, but just, just, just the goals. And I think hopefully as well, if, he, if Tammy is going to be the number nine, then, then the relationship between him and Werner will be really interesting because Werner really, really benefits from a good number nine. And if that relationship works, and I think Tammy will improve and score more, then Werner will be able to adjust a bit better. But massive signing. I think when we're looking at how, how Chelsea kind of appear in Europe now, I know we're, we're talking a little bit about in the in the group chat earlier, but you know, I think Lampard and what he's doing, this young Chelsea team, like people looking externally into the Premier League, See this young, exciting group of players. They've got Frank Lampard in charge. You've got Petr Cech in the, you know, up in the up in the boardroom now. I think it's changed a little bit the perception of the club, you know, to, to maybe what it's been in the past. And mm. you know, we know we're looking at other players in Germany as well at the moment. So hopefully that that sort of, uh, you know, that that kind of the optics around Chelsea now are going to be. Hey, we're not going to go into it too much just yet, but no, I'm excited. Let's calm, 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 calm. Let's not let's not talk too much because. Apparently, Roman and Frank got another meeting on the yacht. I'm not going to talk too much still. It's just, it's, look, things are looking good at Chelsea right now. And like you said, a lot of people are going to be looking at the club thinking, you know what? That project is looking quite serious. And another thing is that a lot of, a lot of the talk that I've been seeing in terms of like Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, um, they've been saying, look, Frank Lampard is a key driver for me coming to the club. And obviously, Werner's situation is quite different because he probably he really wanted to go to Liverpool. That fell through. But 
they both said all it took was one phone conversation with Frank, and that was it. They knew it's tight. It, this is the place I need to be. There's yeah. a project as well. It's, it's not just a, a project; it's a long-term plan. And this is probably the first time, like Pels, me and you've spoken about this for ages. Like this is probably the first time where you can actually see a long-term and viable plan. The bridge between the youth team and the first team has been closed. That it's open, it's free. I mean, sorry, not closed. It's, it's open. It's, it's literally any player that is playing well. We've got Livermento that's um, now been promoted to the first team. But that bridge between the youth and the first team is there. People can actually see a viable pathway. And thus, well, you're not thinking about blocking. You, you're thinking about efficient and effective planning, not just on the economy side. But you're talking about the first team and on the footballing side. It, I feel like what's happening with Chelsea is that there's a unison between the board and the players, which is quite different. Yeah, I think, I think what's so interesting is that I'm, I'm not even of the opinion necessarily that we didn't have a plan previously. Mm. And like, um, I think that comes from, I think that the, the difference now is like what you said is about kind of that unison, that synergy between board level and first team level and academy. Mm. I don't think it's, it's, it's ever been this clear. And it's so funny because I was reading um, Ancelotti's book um, the other day and he speaks about how, like, just the, the way in which, you know, like, for instance, Ray Wilkins being sacked mm. and that, the fallout of that and what the impact that had on the players. Obviously, that's, that's a board decision. Mm. Um, that's obviously impacted the first team level. Um, and obviously, we know people like Ray Wilkins, Paul Clement, Steve Holland have always <laughs> been a fantastic bridge in terms of, um, you know, linking linking to you know the English English players but also like the kind of academy players coming through yeah. um and he just and him speaking about that kind of made me think like that sort of stuff would never ever happen now exactly. well like, I, I just can't I literally cannot see um something like that happening the assistant manager being sacked midway through and being replaced by Michael Emanola and I, I, I think I didn't even understand the the nature of stuff like that um so it's really I'm really happy that at, at present we've got like um we've we've got like you said, the synergy, um, but then also the plan makes sense. It's not just about, you know, it's not just about academy boys. It's not just about first team level, um, you know, achieving, achieving a, a kind of winning trophies by mm. splashing loads of money. Mm. Um, there seems to be a little bit of more carefulness. I think that the, the signings, um, the players that they are, like, I'm a massive fan of Ziyech. Um, I'm, probably not as like excited about Werner as, as other people, but at the same time, I can appreciate that the way we have um, dealt with, like done the business is absolutely phenomenal. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's like, it's clean. Um, it's been done quick, yep. fairly quickly. Um, you know, and, and I think also compared to our rivals, people will look at us and think, flipping out 80 million, they've done, they've done some great, great business. Mm. So I think um, there's, we're firing on all cylinders and I just hope that, we don't fall at the final hurdle right. in terms of um, the pitch because that's obviously that's the most important. Right. And one, one thing for me, uh, just to piggyback off your, what you were talking about, the final hurdle isn't necessarily just performances on the pitch, but I feel like even if things are going wrong, we need to follow it through. Like, I feel like one, the thing with Chelsea, we've had moments where 100%. Like ADB, we've had the ADBs, we've had, the, I wouldn't say sorry per se, but we have, we've had the ADBs, we've had the Jose Mourinho return, but I feel like in this instance, we need to follow it through, because I know we pulled the plug, like, generally speaking, like, I guess less so since Mourinho's second coming, but 
I feel like the club so often when it came some when it comes to major changes in the way we're doing things, um, like the youth drive in 2013 before you know getting the the Kaku's Hazard, KDB, Salah, etc. Um, even Sturridge, but the one thing you we pulled the plug quite early on a lot of those situations. Um, so we got in Jose Mourinho straight after we had um, Dino Teo and the youth drive. Then after that things have started to change. I feel like there's been a, a slight reluctance to make certain big decisions. I feel like even the Sari situation last season, the club was somewhat reluctant, despite the fact that they they wanted to like activate their plan. They were quite happy to kind of let Sari continue, but Sari wanted to leave. So I feel like their hand was forced into this, this new change. And I feel like it's probably come at the best time because everything's just fallen into place. Um, but again, we just need the club to really follow it through. And it seems like it has, it's the case, because a lot of people are saying Frank Lampard, as though, although he's got like, I think, two years left on his deal, that it's going to be, a, it's a free four year plan, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Jay, how are you feeling about it? Um, obviously, Timo Werner, I know you, you've been a big fan and you've talked about goals, and we need a goal for a long, long time. Yeah, so, 100, man. Like, I feel like, you look back at um, even this season and you look at the positions that a lot of our wingers have got into mm. and then you look at the goal that Werner scored yesterday and it's like, is it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you look at the goal that he scored yesterday and you just think to yourself, having someone like Werner in those same positions earlier on in this season and a lot of these draws and, you know, like these last-minute losses and stuff like that, they, they just don't happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because in the first 20, 25 minutes, we're steamrolling teams sometimes. Do you know what I mean? We're getting three, four, five chances. And not, and not sticking them away. So, I think in terms of that, I think Werner's going to change that a lot. I think if Chelsea get two, three chances and, and Werner's on the end of one or two of them, okay. you, know, you probably put your money on him scoring. You feel you know? more comfortable? Because I remember Dan asked a question a couple of weeks ago about, and it was quite pathetic that we had to answer and we said Pedro. But yeah. if you've got a player through one-on-one, who are you banking like your house on to score? We had Pedro. Exactly. I mean, I've so seen I've seen Werner miss a couple one on ones um, in the last couple of weeks, but again, like Joe said, I think maybe that was down to the fact that his future was still up in the air um, because the goal he scored the other day was just absolutely fantastic. Top and I look at him cutting in. I look at him cutting in from the left as well. Yeah, this, the funniest yeah. thing is where people talk about Werner, he's played up front a lot, but if you watch the games and you watch him and you just see his his average position on a, in a match is generally wide left. And he's yeah. cutting inside. Most of his work and most of his great work is done wide left. I mean, when Poulsen, or Poulsen was playing with him, he tended to stay quite close. But now Poulsen's been out for a little while now. Um, he tends to drift to the left. And when Schick is playing, he tends to drift to the left. And that's where he does most of his damage. And he cuts inside. Or his, his runs are inside. You know what I mean? So he doesn't, he doesn't play like a, uh, a winger. He plays like a wide forward, really and truly. And that's even if he's playing in the two. So, of course, he could play out wide. Um, but in terms of how you structure the team, I mean, if we don't have... If, for example, there's not a player that's been mentioned and been linked, if he doesn't come in, then I could see the team of Werner and Tammy Abraham situation working in terms of the little and large striker <clears throat> where Werner could work off Tammy. But if the aforementioned player does come in, I think it may impact Tammy's um, time on the pitch. 
Um, and how are you guys feeling about that, really and truly? Because Tammy, for, although he's not the perfect striker, um, at 22 years of age, he's, he's done all right for us, in my opinion. Um, he's not pulled up trees, but he definitely carried us um, for, with, our goal, with his goals earlier in the season. Um, are you comfortable with, you know, Tammy sitting down for Timo Werner and that just being the case? Or... or because I know, Jay, you are a big advocate of having a striker that will push Tammy. And that's not to say Werner wouldn't, but he might permanently bench him as well. So yeah. The thing is with Tammy, obviously, we've still got nine games left now. So, what's he on? He's on 13 goals, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Tammy could easily finish up, finish up around, what, 16, 17 maybe? Mm-hmm. For the season, which is, which is decent. Very, very decent, decent, to be fair. For very a first season. So, um, I'm... I'm looking forward to seeing him play for us next season up top, only because I feel like the players that he he's playing with next season, I think will also increase his tally. Yeah, and I think during like this time as well, I'm sure he's worked on his game and yeah. he's probably trying to work on his finishing as well. Not not yeah. to say his finishing poor, but you know, like all strikers miss chances, but he can definitely get better. But in in terms of Werner Werner benching him, he might get lucky only because Werner does work very very well on the left. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the only thing I'll say about this 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 whole thing about him benching Tammy. It might not be as smooth as people think, only because of that reason. Whereas yeah. if it was somebody that's more of a number nine that stays up top centrally and stuff like that, then he'd be in trouble. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. where, but but the problem is obviously the other player that 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 could possibly come in. Fuck it, we're gonna mention him by name, man. Yeah. Hey, he he so, just signed a little bit cheeky today, so it's worth talking about. Look. Yeah, it's, it's so Havertz, it's Kai Havertz, yeah, he's been linked with Chelsea for a number of weeks now, and um, today on uh, the Timo announcement on four three three, Timo was like, it was like welcome to Chelsea, Timo Werner, and a certain man liked that post. Well, like, oh, okay. That's kind of cute. Say no more. That's nothing. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Not get too excited. And now under the um, official Chelsea Twitter account, um, where they announced Timo Werner, um, a, a, a young um, account or a young man um, on his Twitter account said, "Announce Kai Havertz." Kai Havertz has only ever in his life liked thirty-five things on Twitter. Today was the thirty-sixth thing. He liked that tweet, and he's left it there. No qualms, just left it there. And that's very interesting because the owner of Bayern Munich came out the other day and said, look, we're not going to stop Kai Havertz from leaving. We're not going to stop him from moving on to the next level. So that move is looking very, very strong. Also, Bayern Munich have distanced themselves away from Kai Havertz, saying that they are trying to focus solely on Lior Sane. So I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to say it's confirmed. But like I said, Frank Lampard and Roman have got a meeting scheduled on the yacht. But Kai Havertz, does he change your mind, Jay? Does he change the dynamic for you? Like, would you think, okay, you know what, Tammy? Yeah, I have to sit down with you, boy. Because, like, look, it's Kai. You know what I mean? This is, this, a signing like, for me, a signing like Kai Havertz, yeah, is a signing kind of reminiscent to a signing Eden Hazard back in 2012. You know what I'm trying to say? In terms of that quality young player that will definitely bring high-level attacking play and just class to your team. So, Tweeds, Pels, Jay, Kai Havertz, talk to me. 
I'll let Joe go. Go, go on, Joe. Oof, okay. Um, <coughs> so it's peak, it's peak not to smile still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, you can, yeah, you can, you can hear it a little bit. But uh, so I'll set the scene a little bit. Okay, so I think if you look at all of the clubs that can afford Kai Havertz, and at the moment there aren't that many. I think Real Madrid. There was a report coming up today that yeah, they really want him, but next season. Mm. Bayern Munich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really want him, but next season. Manchester United focusing on Jadon Sancho. Uh, Bayern Munich again on on they're focusing on Leroy Sané. So you've got um, people at Leverkusen kind of half admitting that they're they're expecting him to leave this summer. Obviously, take the next step. You know, all this sort of conversation and stuff going on. So at the moment, all you've really got left is Chelsea in that mm. in that kind of pool of people that are interested in him. And I think that's why we're seeing this kind of a little bit more of a cat and mouse approach to the negotiation than with Werner. Because I think, I think Chelsea are pretty confident on their side that they're maybe the only big boys that are in this deal. Mm. Um, and that they can afford to be a little bit more, let's say, uh, strategic in how they're negotiating. Um, so I think actually, you know, in terms of likelihood and all that sort of stuff, we're as likely as anyone to sign him this season. Mm. You know, if, if we don't get him, fair enough. I think the club are pushing very hard on him from, from everything you're reading. Um, but I do think that it's, it's, it does look potentially quite likely. And as you say, you know, I'm not one of these people that's going to read too much into social media. But, you know, as you say, he liked Antonio Rudiger wishing him a happy birthday. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity Internet and learn about our great offers. You'll get amazing value with speeds that deliver and reliable coverage you can count on. And with XFi Advanced Security, you can keep all the devices in your home connected and protected from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more today. Restrictions apply. And the next like after that, I mean, he, he unliked it. I'm assuming someone at Leverkusen grilled, grilled him for liking it, but... You know, he, he announced that. In the end. He unliked yeah. it in the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you, you know that he, he's, he's that consciously... That was for eight hours. That was yeah. for a long time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> for a long, long time. But yeah. as, a, as a player, he's, I think, as if I mentioned, I think he's the, the first one since Hazard, who, for me, is like globally wanted by every big club. Mm. And I just think we're, we're in a, such a unique position as a club to go and sign a top talent. And... We can talk about balance and dynamic, but Havertz, for me, if, if he is the player that people think he is, and I think he's an incredible, incredible attacking talent, you buy him and then you figure out what's going on with Lazy. Just If you can get him, you get him in the team. Bro. Tammy, maybe it affects Tammy, maybe it affects one of the younger wire players and stuff like that. But the only way Chelsea really massively improve is, you know, you replace your current starters with better players and your current starters become your rotation players. And then that's, that's, that's how the squad gets back to you know, 2004, 2010 levels. Bro, it's interesting because a lot of people will probably say to me, oh, Ife, like, you, you were more, like, you were a big fan of, like, this youth, like, push and, you know, and that hasn't changed. So you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There. It's always still there. However, and I've maintained this stance since the beginning, you play your youth players because they're better than the, the, the current squad players or yeah. the current wrestling players. However, you should have absolutely no qualms with getting in top quality. Because if you're buying rubbish players, like the Danny Drinkwaters, yeah. like the Bakiokos, like the Zappa Costas, then what are you doing? Because you've got more than enough players in your academy to supplement those roles. 
It makes no sense spending yeah. 50, 60 million pounds on those types of players when you've got a, a budding academy that is sweeping Europe and the league between them. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, us getting a Kai Havertz, getting a team of Werner, it, it, it's a no-brainer for me. Hakim Ziyech, it, it's a no-brainer for me. If Kai Havertz is available, Chelsea should be moving heaven and earth to get him. Heaven yeah. and earth. Because he is one of the top young talents around who is destined to move on to bigger and better things. And he is going to be a top player. And he is a top player as it, as it stands, at 21. So, again, this isn't us moving away from the youth movement, because it's not. But if you've got an opportunity to sign someone that is top, top, top level, or potentially top, top level, you do it. You absolutely do it. If you were to say to us now, oh, if Eden Hazard was 21, you've got the opportunity to sign him now, you're not going to say, oh, what about Pulisic? What about Mount? You're not going to. It would make no sense because it's Hazard, right? That, yeah. that, that's the mentality. And I think that's the mentality that Chelsea are having. And hopefully the idea is that the young Chelsea players will look at this signing, look at these signings, and look, this is a challenge to me. This is a challenge for me. Let's see. Because they, they trust in the process. They trust yeah. that they're going to get an opportunity. They're, they trust in that. That's the key so thing, though, you what you're that, saying, though, yeah. Right. So as you get that, there's a, a fair level of competition. Whereas yeah. in, in the yesteryear, that wasn't the case. You're signing big player after big player, and your younger players aren't getting an opportunity. Of course they're going to win the league. Right? In this moment in time, the Chelsea are carefully picking and prodding and getting the best players possible for their team, but also making sure that the youth players and young players have an opportunity to play and progress. That is it. And I think that's healthy. Pels, um, in terms of car habits, what are your thoughts on him? Because I've not really heard how you really feel about him as a player. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure our listeners haven't really heard your, your opinions on, on Kai Havertz. So, I think, truthfully, I think my, my first, the first time I watched Kai Havertz is probably um, since like the restart, the Bundesliga restart. Okay. Um, I, like, I don't know, I've like, tweeted stuff about him in terms of like, just, he looks very elegant. Um, you know, like, technically he looks good. Like he's, re- he's quick, which is something that kind of really surprised me. Um, he's rapid. Um, probably not to that like, same acceleration and speed as Werner, but very like still very quick. Um, mm. So when he gets his leg stretched, but he's quite languid in style. Um, I'm I'm not so much as um, all aboard the Havertz train. Not because I don't think, I, not because I don't think he's a, he's a he looks to be a good player. I think even just the way I'm saying it is partly down to the fact that I haven't seen much of him. Mm. Um, but the, I think where my reservations are aren't about whether or not he's a good or not player good um, good enough player or won't be a good enough player. I think it's more in terms of the squad composition. And sure. I completely understand the points that have been made um with regards to like youth players and also with regards to kind of, you know, I'm I'm someone that obviously earlier said, you know, Ruben, fantastic. You want to close that kind of golfing yeah. quality. So that so that that those things are still there and I and I understand why he'd be useful in that in that sense. But then I think on the flip side, um one of the one of the things that kind of come to mind, and Yas spoke about it earlier. Um, Yas spoke about it earlier in our in our chats, and he basically just named a few players that we had at a previous previous time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think under under Jose, it was Salah, Shola, Hazard, Willian, Oscar, De Bruyne. Um, I think that's about one, two, three, six, six players. Um, and now we look at. Say that again. It was Matter as well. I don't think you mentioned. Yep, yeah, Matter early on. Okay. Um, and then 
you then flip that and then we look at our, our situation now in terms of attacking players or players that can play in, you know, maybe let's say your front four positions or, um, or three behind kind of the strike, I'd say. You've got Pudisic, Werner potentially, Ziyech, Cho, Mount, Loftus-Cheek, Havertz now coming in. You've also got people like Barkley. Um, inevitably, players within that rotation will have to leave. There'll be um, casualties. There, there, there will be casualties to, in, that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we, we did this, we got it wrong massively right. in terms of the players that in players in terms of the players that we brought in mm-hmm. and, and the players that we let go. Sorry, but also I think the, the the reason why I think Chelsea fans were able to bear the brunt of that to some degree um, initially anyway was because the four mm-hmm. players that were chosen to play played consistently and they didn't really affect the team's performances. We were still winning. Yeah. Um, what I'm worried about. Um, and just on that, I don't think people really cared until those players blew up a lot later. Oh. Um, I, I mean, I'm not, not, not um, that's fan. not, the general yeah, fan. so the general, the general fan base, fan. yeah, the general fan base. Um, not someone like yourself or Dan, um, mm. where I know Dan was like really hyped on, on De Bruyne, for instance. Mm. Um, but so what, what I worry about now is that um, I can't see Lampard being as ruthless as Mourinho in saying, these are my four, these are my five. Right. Um, and then kind of giving those players consistent minutes and then the team doing fairly well mm. and obviously I think there's there's kind of um, there's you know that was maybe to the detriment of the team or some of those players and that they weren't actually given an opportunity after you know De Bruyne at Swindon or whatever do you know what mm. I mean so there's no way back in um, and I think that Lampard wouldn't be as extreme as that but the, 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 on the flip side the issue might be that you know of those seven five seven six players that end up starting the season um you might have it where minutes are really being divided in between them and then you don't get the element of consistency or the element of performance yeah. and cohesiveness, I mean, cohesion rather, yeah. in the attack and in the team that you'd want. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a really careful balance. I'm not saying that I don't want Kai Havertz. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, and I, I don't, just in terms of adding quality and, and just keep it like carrying on doing that, I don't have any like qualms with stuff like that. I think the, you then look at a city and you look at how some of their players' forms are just kind of picked up and dipped over time. Mm-hmm. So at one point, it's Bernardo Silva and Sterling on fire, and well, Sane and Sterling on fire. And then later, it's Sterling and Bernardo. Um, now it's kind of Mares, But the, the, the only kind of consistent person in that time has been Sterling. Sterling yeah. You then look at like how that's affected players like um, Phil Foden coming through. Mm-hmm. That's potentially probably why maybe they missed out on Jadon Sancho. And you have to just be... Um, really realistic with yourself that this, yeah. you can't have all the best players in like or the best talents all at the same time all happy all firing on all cylinders because there's so many kind of factors that go into into performance and and, and just the squad dynamic um yeah. but yeah so I, I think that's just maybe coming with a bit of a more i don't want to say objective but just maybe looking at it with a little from bit more eye. of a kind of eagle yeah from another eye basically yeah because whilst I, I completely agree with what you're saying that is a very big possibility and i feel like it's fine to have casualties. I feel like in this idealistic world that we, we have as fans, that we hope that everyone at Chelsea will make it. We hope that everyone at Chelsea in the academy will do well, play well, and become the player that we hope them to be. However, my, my, my standpoint is quite different. So I'm very much of the opinion that the cream should rise to the crop. And play, the best players will showcase their talents if given the opportunity. Now, if you're blocking opportunities and then fall into the wayside, and, and then these set players are falling to the wayside, that is where it's wrong. If it is a case where 
you're getting your opportunity, but you're just not so happy. You're, you're, you're just not performing to the level of other players. I think it's fine if you leave. If you get what I'm trying to say, it's quite different. I feel like if, yeah, yeah, no. if, if it's this thing where certain players like Salah wasn't given a real opportunity, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't given a real opportunity, those players left. Those players left and they would rightfully de- desire to leave because their opportunities weren't there. If, for example, a Callum doesn't get any opportunities or Pulisic doesn't get any opportunities, I feel like they have every right to leave. And whilst that may be, like, they, they may go, go on to do amazing things and that would be a failing of the management and the club, right? But if they play, if they're getting opportunities, again, like you said, the minutes may be divided. It may be divided. But, but if they're given opportunities to play and they may not get in a consistent run either, but if you're getting time on the pitch to play, and it's comparable with your peers and your teammates in, 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 your, in, your, in your club, and you then fall to the wayside, then I think that's fair game. I think that's fair game. I feel like the casualties, in, especially in a competitive, competitive squad, is a part and parcel of the game. So it, I feel like if people are given due and fair opportunities, I think it could increase their levels, increase their performances, because they know that if I'm doing what I can to get on the pitch and I'm getting my opportunity when I'm on there, then they're gonna play and go hard. If they're not, if they're not getting an opportunity and they feel like there's no end in sight into you know being a bench boy, then yeah, it, it's gonna cause issues. You know what I mean? So I have no problems with casualties. I have no problems with that. But I feel like a casualty should only arise if due, like due process has taken place where they've not been blocked um, from playing. They they just they just weren't of the level required, and that may not be an indictment of them as a player, it just might have just been their situation there and then right now. Pulisic, for example, has got an opportunity right now to, in these nine games, to play and showcase what he can do. If he doesn't do that, then of course his position comes under threat. And I feel that that applies for quite a few players. And that's fine. You get what I'm trying to, that, so that, that's where there's a slight difference from 2013-14. I thought it's slightly different. Yeah, no, I, I, Sorry, Joe, but oh, I just I, I agree that it is different, but it's just kind of it's the treading, yeah, it's treading carefully, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jermaine, I was just gonna say, like, in terms of I think one of the things that sticks out for me as well during this time is that I think the quality on all levels is very different. I think if you look at probably if you look at someone like Havertz coming in and you look at what he can go on to become, mm. it's it's definitely, it's always going to be a risk worth taking in terms of habits, in terms of bringing him in. And then on top of that, you look at what someone like Werner brings you and what Ziyech brings you and what they can go on to do for the club as well in the next five, six, six years maybe. Like, what I'm left with, if players leave, I'm not unhappy with. Do you see what I'm saying? Whereas I think in the first time when it happened, there was quite a few players that were left and you were thinking, why are they still here? And those other brothers are gone. So it's a thing where, say for example, we had we were left with Cho, RLC, Ziek, Werner, and Havertz. I wouldn't be mad at that. If if Mount Barkley and Pulisic were gone, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Because and but if but if it works out that even if it's Cho that ends up going, obviously I'd be upset about it. Like I'd be I'd be devastated that he, he didn't make it at Chelsea, but. At the same time, again, you, you might be left with a future Ballon d'Or winner. Do you, do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes you can't do anything about it. So I think the quality that we're left with, if we do have casualties this time, I think 
that I don't think that would be as bad as way it was. It's not as horrible. It's not as horrible. Yeah. It's, it's just like if the casualties tend to be the Kai Havertz and the Werners, you're left with Pulisic, then it's like, oh, what? Yeah, like, like, this, like yeah, yeah. has been catching straight. I'm just saying, reason. bro. I'm just saying, like, you, like you're left with Pulisic. That's, what, that's like, why they think you hate him. Nah, Aye, but the thing man. is, it's not even a hate. It, it, to be honest, it's actually not a hate thing. It's just levels, right? It's just levels, and it's not. It's a polite it's way of saying hate. Or generally, generally, it's not. It's not hate at all because I feel like even when William came in 2013, 14 season, I was like. Nah, like, I, I wasn't really happy because I knew that once you're bought, and when you're a player that's been bought for big money and then the players that were before you, they weren't purchased, you're going to get a head start. You're, you're definitely, you're definitely going to get a head start. So I already knew Kevin De Bruyne was in trouble. I, I was worried about that signing because Kevin De Bruyne, Sherlock, uh, no, not Sherlock. So Sherlock was bought, William was bought. I was like, this is, this is going to pose a, a big issue for Kevin. And he started game against... He started the first game against Hull, fantastic. And after that, Manchester United away, he wasn't really good. And then after that, banished. I thought it was just, strange. You know, and I think just, I don't think obviously Lampard would, would be like this. But obviously we know that like Mourinho has his favourites. And I think the game, oh, I think it was, I want to say CSK and Moscow away, um, where Scherler's had a pretty decent game. I like, had a blinder. Um, and um, Jose's like hugged him, grabbing him on the touchdown. Yes, like, gassed. That you know what I mean? It. And I think that was it for KDB. I think that was like that was, but <laughs> that was also that was the end. That was the end for Mata as well. Oh, and it was like Mata had been like our, like our two year, two year player of the year, two year player the season. And it was Lasty. like Mata was waiting on the side Bro. for getting his number on the board, and Lasty. you're seeing um, Jose dragging up and hugging Shola. So Bro. like, yeah, I just think I think obviously that kind of just amplifies the balance, a lot man. of what you're uh, yeah amplifies a lot of what you're saying about players and, that brought in. And, and funnily like, enough, as much as we're, we're saying this, and I feel like. If you look at it, in the press conferences, Frank Lampard has actually spoken about this plenty of times. He's spoken about that season in particular, where we lost Kevin De Bruyne, lost Salah. He's spoken about this. So I think he will be very, very cautious and conscious of this happening again. million percent. But he is no mug. He is a winner. So he's going to want the best talent available. So I feel like the Habits thing... Yes, it will impact some players. It may even impact some players positively in a sense that they may move their position or their 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 position in the team may be altered. So a Mason Mount may move from an attacking midfielder into a, a midfielder that can play in the two in a pivot. Like the same with Ruben Loftus Sheik. There's so many options that these kind of transfers can present. So they may not whilst they can present issues, they can also prevent options and possibilities that we didn't have before. If you get what I'm trying to say. So I feel like we have to see and wait and see. We have to wait and see. What If the transfer does happen, we have to wait and see and see what, what happens, what comes of it. Because for me, I, as for, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm making that sign happen. Like, I think that yeah. force nine is a game changer as well. Like, exactly. You've got the capacity to do something. You don't so want to get rid of Joe or you don't want to get rid of, you know, if we, if we don't want ROC to, to suffer, we don't want Cho to suffer or whatever. Like, you can just be like, yo, Tammy, I'm sorry, bro, but chill, B. Guys, you're not on the, what, on the level. So sit down, bro. It might be a thing like that still. I'm not going to lie. Down, I've said it before. I think the one, the one thing for me, though, that this kind of highlights, yeah, is um, obviously we, we've spoken about it on pods before, but that kind of idea that we're reality check FC. You know, we've mm-hmm. had a real reality check. Today's been a real reality check. We see, the big, we see the big gap. You know, they've got quality players, this, that, and the other. I think... Um, 
and then obviously initially as well in the season that all the talk was about you know Chelsea have got a really young squad they've got a really young te- young team I think what happens um from a kind of frank perspective though is that you you stop really looking at the team in the same way you start to because naturally for instance Havertz is 21 but Havertz is 21 and you, you spent 60 70 million on him potentially do you mm-hmm. know what I mean um Werner's obviously not like he's not super young but again he's 24 so he's he's not at a peak he's not he's not like a he's not the same name as if you were to sign a Cavani or something yeah. or Lewandowski um but then again you you look at Ziyech is slightly older again um and you just start to look at the, the money spent the age profile um the reputation that comes with some of the players we don't get away with some of the same excuses that we were right. maybe getting away with um, before and I think that is a that will be 100% something that I look forward to in terms of Need one, it. how do we how do we respond or how do we we act as like maybe the the not that not not being the underdog anymore basically. Right. Um, become, you move away from the youth team to a team. An yeah. team that can be held accountable. Because I feel like a lot yeah. of the accountability has been stripped away from our club. hundred hundred percent because we, we've been handicapped by using yeah, and, the youth team. And I think with that as well, um because of what he inherited, because of the transfer ban, um, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and even to some extent, like, obviously it's not through nobody's fault, but the kind of COVID situation, right. to some degree, this year will almost be kind of like, we'll, we said it at the beginning and we didn't know how it was going to manifest, but it will certainly be looked at as a free hit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that maybe question marks over selection, over shape, that um, you might, other managers might have been scrutinised for heavily. Um, we probably haven't had, he, like, Frank... And Chelsea as a team probably haven't had the same flack. Yeah. Um, whereas now, I, I look at the team and I just think, okay, you know, we started the Arsenal game wrong, um, made that in-game adjustment, adjustment and we played, we played pretty well afterwards. Mm-hmm. How many more of those moments are there going to be? How many more interventions is he going to have? How, how are we going to shape the team tactically? I think you, you, you start to kind of view us in a, in a different, different mold, through a different lens. Um, and I think it's important. I think it's important to have those standards and to be held in that way because that's how you get better. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See casper.com slash terms for more details um and, it and that's says how a people lot. perceive you to be a lot more of a serious team yeah and it, it says a lot in terms of the evolution of the club as well because i feel like you don't want to be you don't want to be an arsenal syndrome basically where you're a young team a young team season after season after season after season a young team that can't be relied upon a young team that gets excuses thrown at them all the time i feel like these moves are enabling the club and the players to be held to account and that's important because again, like you said, Pearls, you don't improve. You don't improve. If, 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 I, I, if these excuses are always banded about, you're never going to improve. You're always going to feel comfort in that excuse that, oh, you know what? We're still young. We're still 21. Okay, we're still 22. Oh, we're still 23. You get what I'm trying to say? So that kind of accountability with these transfers, um, a, a lot of accountability arises with these transfers. And I think that's fine. It adds a high level of pressure and it adds, I'm hoping, a higher level of work rate and desire to win and achieve stuff. Because we're not here. Chelsea aren't a club that's here to be fourth and fifth and battling for the top four. No, no, no. Chelsea are a, a club 
since Roman has been here, a club that is looking to win titles and win stuff. Me personally, I've already said, you lot know my position. I'm very comfortable not winning a title, not winning a cup here and there. As long as we remain competitive, the young team is getting, um, the, the young players are getting bled through and you're adding quality to build, right? And you can see something in the long-term picture. I don't necessarily need a title in year two, three or like year, year two. But when it comes to year three, I'm trying to see a real challenge depending on what's followed before. So if your building blocks have been solid, I'm starting to look at titles, right? So again, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, if we do pull off this Havertz situation, it's, it will be absolutely mad and I'll be absolutely unbearable. I, I want everyone listening to know this. Everyone that's not a Chelsea fan to know this. I will be unbearable. Don't forget this. <laughs> Don't forget this. Yeah? Don't forget this. Yeah. But that's um, where he means it as well. I really mean percent. it. I really mean it, bro. Oh my god. I'll be said terrible. that with his chest completely. I'll be absolutely terrible. Now, just the final um topic of the day is the Champions League is back. Um so we're gonna start our games, I believe, in um July, late July. Um, and obviously we've got our second leg to to contend with against Bayern Munich. We're nearly out pretty much um with a three 0 drubbing against um Bayern Munich which felt like years ago. Um but apparently there have been some adjustments to the um Champions League rulings that Hakim Ziyech and Timo Werner may be available to play. That changes quite a bit considering that we've obviously got the a fit Ruben off the cheek. God willing he'll be fit um for that game as well. N'Golo Kante back Callum Hudson-Zoy, obviously, wasn't available for the first leg. Christian Pulisic, back as well. Tammy Abraham, fit. Who knows? I'm not going to say that we're going to get a result. But it does pose... It gives us a bigger chance. What do you think, Jay? What do you think about that game? The potential game? Because Chambers League with Ziyech and Werner. I know you've been waiting for a long time for Ziyech, bro. Yeah, bro. I think... I'm not going to lie to you. I think... um, I watched the highlights the other day of the game. And we had quite... We had, we, had quite, like, we had quite a few chances first half and I know yeah. Bayern Munich definitely played better than us like, and they deserve to win. Mm. Um, but then I looked at some of the goals as well that we conceded, like Aspie slipped before one of them. and like, It was just, I don't know, I feel like it could be one of them Champions League that, like, the thing is there's no crowd so that's a massive thing yeah. on Champions yeah. League nights the one thing you need is definitely a crowd but we, we're going to their ground anyway. Exactly. So for me, I'm thinking... You never know. Obviously, you get an early goal, changes a lot. You never know what can happen. But I think um, Bayern Munich have got a lot of quality, a lot of quality at the moment. And their players are playing at a very, very high level. So, um, yeah. For once, I'm not going to get too gassed. And I'm not going to say that we, we, we'll be able to bring, to, to like bring it back to 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, man. We, but, I, um, I don't know. But all I need is a good performance, man. That's what I was going to say. I, I think it would be good to see how good we are with those two in the team. If we could see that before the next season starts, I think that would be good. And, and by okay. minute, and Lord yeah. knows, because we might have another player by then, but hey, I'm not going to say too much. Because <laughs> I can add another whole new dimension as well, man. Joe, how, how are you feeling about that rule change as well? Yeah, it's it's interesting to me. I mean, obviously it benefits us, so I'm not going to scrutinise it too much. But <laughs> I th- yeah, I'm just being honest, that bias comes through. But uh yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one. Um, I don't know if if you know if I'm trying to be a bit more objective, how comfortable I am. I think the same squad should play the same competition. I think being able to add in players 
for you know technically this season's Champions League feels a bit strange. Yeah. Obviously, you know, if we get Havertz in, you've got Zayac, you've got Werner. I mean, that changes things dramatically. And the one thing that I'll say, and this is what I was looking at recently, was that I think Bayern's last competitive game before that that game is almost a month before they would have to play us. Now, I'm not by any stretch of imagination saying that that is like an equaliser, but if Chelsea have just finished their season and are fit, you know, nine games in of this break, they should be pretty, pretty fit condition, match fit, all those sorts of things we're looking for. I think that's an element that really people are overlooking is just if we turn up to Bayern and they haven't kicked a ball for four weeks, a little bit of an equaliser there, particularly if we've got Werner, Zayac and maybe someone else. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm by no stretch saying that we're going to overturn a three-goal deficit, but I would like to go them and even if we beat them two-one or something, have a little bit of a, a marker laid down for for next season. season but yeah. that that fitness thing for me is going to be interesting to see how they go because we've all noticed how weird the German league has been since it's come back. The pace, you know, it doesn't to me look like they've really kind of even sort of moved beyond kind of mid-preseason form or, or tempo in some of their games. So it'll be interesting to see if they have another four-week break. Chelsea coming in basically almost like you could say up to up to full speed. How that's going to impact the uh, the match? Be interesting to see. Yeah, very interesting. Pels, what what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, the possibility of playing with Ziyech, um, Werner, and plus one. What are your I'll keep it. I'll keep it a buck. Um, the Champions League for me has been written off since. Um, <laughs> Watching Alfonso Davis. Mr. Realist comes in, ruins the mood. Um, <laughs> I want to watch yeah, the game back. I'll be, yeah? I'll be so honest, guys. Yeah. When I saw Alfonso Davis like charging, chasing down Mount, and then I saw him blow out Reese, I was just like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> next year, like, next I, year I, I saw, yes, Literally, next, there's always next year. Next so, year, bro. Um, like that, so I might go at all costs next year. Yeah, so the, the ruling for me is like, I understand why it might people, you know, kind of, you know, peeking through the curtains a bit, thinking, can we do it? Um, <laughs> but um, I'm, pretty much, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much on a, like, yeah. like, the, And even just, I think the essence of the Champions League is a little bit lost. So truthfully, I'm not too, yeah. like, I'm not really too fast. Um, the whole, like, kind of, there's not going to be second two legs in, in, yeah. the, in the semi-final and, but, and the quarter-final. And then even that, there's no fans. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you just don't have the same, it doesn't have the same kind of um, feeling. It won't be that the same would, achievement, so, really and truly. Yeah, basically. So, truthfully, um, I'm not really too fussed about the ruling. Um, I'm not too fussed about the Champions League as it is. And to be honest, I'm just happy that we can watch football. Um, yeah. I don't. I think the permutations of each of the leagues and all that sort of stuff, um, I haven't really been too focused about. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess it's a good thing because we'll we'll have better players on the pitch. Yeah, that's the that's what I'd say. All right, boys. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Um, please, if you're um, Gonna, we're going to do live commentary on the Manchester United and Tottenham game on the Discord, so feel free to join us. I'll post a link down below. Um, also, I think maybe on, a, on Sunday we might be doing a, a live recording of, well, Chesley Hour, I guess. Depends. Depends. You don't know. We don't know. We're not sure yet. It depends on the live game. Um, again, on Sunday, we will be really well. On Monday, we'll be, we will be releasing um, Touchline Fracas. So you'll get a thorough and in depth analysis of the Villa and Chelsea game um, by the Touchline Boys. So yeah, catch you guys later. See you guys next week. Bless. Thanks, Bless. guys.
This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Sports Social Podcast Network.